0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at pipesmagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. 3% tax on tea, and we tell old King George to bugger off? Boy, those were the days. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax. The smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Yes, these sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you here on the Fourth uh, of July, Independence Day in the USA. And on this week's show in pipe parts, uh, we're we're finally getting the uh, the JDRF fundraiser going. I've got all the items sitting here to my left. It's a big pile of goodies. And in Pipe Parts, we'll go through those and give you details on the upcoming uh, JDRF fundraiser. My guest tonight is uh, Rich Rosselli of Smith House Pipes. We get to sit down with him. And uh, music for the holiday and mailbag and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Now, remember, uh, let's get through a whole bunch of business here at the top of it. You must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this show. So if you're not too late, turn it off. Uh, iTunes. iTunes ratings and reviews are much, much, much appreciated. So Apple Podcast, whatever it's called this week, go there and do that. I got an email. Kevin got an email last week from Stitcher. Stitcher, one of the original podcast apps, is uh, shutting down as of August 29th. So if you listen on Stitcher, please make sure and uh, find a new place to listen to the podcast. Remember, it's available on uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, Amazon and Google Play and all those other places. So you can go there and do that. And, of course, you can always listen to all... Uh, every show on uh, pipes magazine now thanks to kevin because the players have been added so all 564 shows i believe are sitting there waiting for you uh new shows come out every tuesday night 8 p.m eastern time if i didn't say that i'll say it one more time and uh yeah if you want to leave a comment uh Go to PipesMagazine.com. There's a radio show page there. You can leave the comment there. Or comments and questions can be emailed to me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. And then finally, as we clear up all this business, uh, Las Vegas International Pipe Show. uh, Hotel rooms are getting close. We're running out. So uh book your hotel room and remember if you book before September if you re- go to pipe, go to vegaspipeshow.com and pay your admission or book your table before September 10th uh you get a, a discounted price after September 10th everybody everybody's price goes up so go do that uh and if you pay in advance we really appreciate it cuz that helps <laughs> that helps with uh the outpouring of money prior to the show so all right, there you go. Let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go.
1: Excuse me, Mr. Collins, but the show is starting. They they need you on stage. Just one minute there, Charlie. I'm placing a bid for this great item on 10bids.com. Never heard of them? Oh sure, the Pipe Collector's Auction site. Well, I just sold some nice things on there myself. Say, you don't see much of that anymore. Yes, you sure don't, Charlie. But 10bids.com sure has it. They have vintage and luxury tobaccos, pipes, accessories, you name it. Tom, baby, we need you on stage. Okay, Ed. Charlie, take over for me, would you please? You got it, boss. Visit tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up for free today. Hey, uh, Mr. Collins, you won!
2: A Missouri meerschaum corncob pipe is the perfect pal. Going fishing, take your corncob pipe and see you back at dark 30. Hunting, your corncob pipe swears it won't make a pop. Relaxing and reflecting? You add your corncob pipe at relax. Party time. Your corncob pipe doesn't produce a cool smoke for no reason. Let's just say your Missouri meerschaum corncob pipe gets you. Visit www.corncobpipe.com to get yours today. Missouri Meerschaum Company. Authentically original, authentically you.
0: And we are back on the pipes magazine radio show, and I'm going to attempt to do this as gracefully as possible because I've got a big pile of boxes and stuff right here to my left. Um, but remember, these are all the items that are going up on the JDRF fundraiser through, uh, Steve Fallon's, uh, pipestud.com for the tobacco items and his PipeStud eBay store for the auction items. Uh, the, uh, The Tins of Tobacco will be listed on Saturday, July 15th. And they'll go on sale, I believe it's 11 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. Uh, you all know the dates anyway or the time that he lists stuff and then the auction items will also start that afternoon on July 15th and run for seven days so they'll end on July 22nd. see I did math on the fly. so all right here we go with the items that we have and this the, the first one was actually the most fun for me to open up and it's uh, donated by uh, by Parker Morris. It's about a 12 pound box of... Pipes, pipe parts, pipe pieces, um, a whole bunch of fun older pipes. Uh, I went through them all. Nothing that's gonna, you know, no, uh, uh, no antiques roadshow finds in here. But there's also there's two pipe stands or some old Meersham. It's a fun set of pipes, especially really good if you want to learn how to clean pipes. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to open and look at some of the stuff and some of the different materials. So that that will be there. Uh, the next item was donated by the lovely Spike and uh, Mrs. Spike. And uh, it's a uh, two tins. One, a tin of Christmas cheer, McClellan Christmas cheer from 2017, And a tin of McCraney's Red Ribbon, the 1996 crop. So, this was the second crop done in 2006. And uh, it's been really hard for them to, uh, for me to not want to crack open that tin of Red Ribbon, especially since it's the perfect time of the year for that for me. Uh, So, thank you to them. Uh, From. My partner in crime, Dave Peterson, which I don't know why he felt the need to send something in. He volunteers a ton of his time for the pipe show. So, but anyway, thanks, Dave. Uh, Dave sent in a tin of Frogmorton Frogmorton Cellar from 2017, a tin of Ashton Brindle Flake made by McClelland from 2001. Uh, if I'm reading that date right, yeah, 2001. Um, wow and a tin of Exotique mixture by Smoker's Haven. And it looks like he dated that from uh, April of 2013. So there's, I mean, three great tins. The Exotique's not exactly my thing, but hey, you know, uh, doesn't, (laughs) not everybody has to have their thing, right? And then from, (laughs) from Engineer Dave of Canada, uh, who is the only person to ever be uh, to ever change the intro to the show it's, uh, uh, is a tin of McClellan beacon from 2009 with the Canadian health warning on it so that means it's extra extra expensive a tin of Cornell and deal sunbear from uh, 2022 so that would have been a last year's batch and a tin of aberrant which is the signature series by my dear friend uh perry jensen and uh, this one i believe came out last year so three tins of tobacco wonderful thank you very much uh, that beacon is one of my un- well that's chuck stanion's favorite i like the beacon extra but still really good and as i reach all the way across the desk uh from uh, from tad tad thank you very much this is a tin of capstan ready rubbed yellow it's the 2013 edition and i believe that is the first year that this came back to the us so the 2013 ready rubbed which i know there's a few people out there that kind of herald this as a uh, as a really good batch and notice i'm leaning way away from the microphone now because uh from matthew mccraney is a tin of dunhill elizabethan mixture that's right, I said Dunhill-Elizabethan mixture. Not sure of the year, but I'm going to guess, if I can read that really quick, uh, I'm going to guess that this is uh, 2008, is my best guess. It's a, that's a 12, 15-year-old tin of Dunhill. And then we get into the pipes, and these are in no particular order, but from uh, Mark Dominguez at Lone Star Briarworks, a uh, beautiful straight billiard with a plateau top, and uh, I'm sticking my finger in the bowl right now of it. Bowl capacities. i mean, it's a good-sized bowl capacity for the weight of the pipe. Unsmoked, brand new. Thank you very much to Mark. Uh, that's going to be a great—that's going to be a great cool smoker. And I'm looking down, it looks like the, yeah, the stem was done. The the draft hole's nice and open, so that should be really good. Uh, from uh, from my friend Adam, a Carmet pipe, and this is uh, more in my uh, workhorse billiard shape, so it's very tempting. Uh, but uh, from Adam Sheehan, a brand new unsmoked pipe from him. Uh, compact straight billiard kind of a kind of got that stubby look going to it sandblasted nicely and uh, unsmoked and ready to go and then from uh, Robert Vacher uh, normally he does pipes as Laughing moon but this one is a uh, this is a bigger pot size kind of reminiscent of a Larry Roush design and this one he just signed as uh, Vacher and jDRF so uh, I'm gonna be keeping an eye on this one and you guys may have to bid pretty hard to keep me away from buying it because it's just a cool shape. And uh, I like the fact that this is JDRF. And then the final item, the PS de resistance, and it uh, comes with a little bit of a letter and uh, it says, hi, Brian enjoyed getting to briefly chat with you at the Chicago pipe show. Uh, One of my daughters recently had major back surgery. So Becky and I took off early on Saturday afternoon I had mentioned that I was going to send you a J.T. Cook estate pipe that I picked up a year ago, but never smoked. It's been professionally cleaned, so it's ready to go. I had to really study it to see if it had been previously smoked. It truly looks brand new. I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but I believe it's from uh, 2000 or 2001. Uh, If you're interested, let me know where I can send it. Uh, As a podiatrist who specializes in diabetic wound care and surgery, I very much appreciate your efforts to support research around juvenile diabetes. I hope your daughter does well with her diabetes. I've treated a lot of kids, and I know it can be challenging at times. Uh, And then he said, Benedict from the Amsterdam Pipe Museum was interesting to listen to. uh, Regards uh dr greg so dr greg has sent in this estate jt cook sandblasted twig pipe Uh, i believe it's actually pre-1999 so it's one of the earlier ones but it's also rare because it's a smaller size and shape for for what jt is doing now Uh, perfectly balances on the back foot of it and it's in really good condition uh, barely a hint of any leftover, uh, <laughs> any of the previous owners smoke in it. So thank you very much. There you go. Those are the JDRF auction items. And again, they will be on, uh, the tins of tobacco and stuff will be on Steve's pipestud.com website on, uh, July 15th for sale. The auction items on eBay will start on July 15th. And thanks again very much to Steve for doing this. He donates all the, you guys don't pay shipping on this. He covers the shipping. He covers all the eBay fees. So thanks again to everything that Steve does. And, uh, you know, from the looks of it, we might have a banner year. So thank you to everybody for your donations as well. And in just a moment, my conversation with rich Rosselli,
1: this is internet radio. Hi, hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, Value the journey.
0: We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us is a pipe maker that's new to me, but I saw his stuff on Instagram and I got to be honest with you, Rich, your, your stuff caught my eye. So from Smith House Pipes is Rich Roselli. Rich, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show.
2: Um, thanks, Brian. I'm a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me
0: uh so I'm guessing italian
2: hundred uh, percent correct very good guess
0: <laughs> and and uh and from long island new york um where'd you where'd you grow up?
2: Well, I was born in Brooklyn and moved out to long Island, hop hog uh actually um when I was very young, so I didn't really spend much childhood in the in the borough of Brooklyn. But uh, I've been living on Long Island my basically my whole adult life. I'm 45 years old, so I've been in and around Suffolk County, Smithtown, Hop-Hog for that whole, almost that whole time.
0: So you are you are truly, and I'll pronounce it correctly. You're a Long Islander.
2: That's correct.
0: Yeah, and you got to do the long and then Guyland. That's that's
2: how. <laughs> right, perfect, perfect enunciation.
0: Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> So when did, when did pipe smoking come into your life?
2: Well, I'd say probably about uh, 11 or 12 years ago, I was visiting an uncle's house, and he was an avid cigar smoker and dabbled with pipes a little bit, and he had a rack of pipes just sitting on, on, on a countertop in, in, his, in his study. And I said, can I try one of those? And he said, sure, help yourself. <laughs> so I, I picked one out, and, uh, and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I don't even remember the initial tobacco that I, that I smoked, but I just became enamored with it, and I know I enjoyed it because I stuck with it. Um, and like within the next few days, I was immediately on, um, on the Internet looking up pipes and seeing what I could buy, and, and it kind of spiraled out of control from there.
0: So, uh, you're, so you're, you're hanging out with your uncle, he's got mm-hmm. pipes, he's got tobacco, and he doesn't kind of show you how to pack it and how to smoke it and stuff?
2: He, he was a bit of a novice, too. I okay. believe, I, I think he got, actually got the pipes from his, from my grandfather, his, his dad, and I, I think he just dabbled occasionally, um, and I don't think he really smoked them, so I don't think he quite knew what to do either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so so you get on the internet. Did you end up uh, did Did you end up going on YouTube and and so on and finding all these informational videos and how tos and and uh, shopping?
2: Absolutely, one hundred percent. And it was uh, so overwhelming. It was there was so many videos. I was quite surprised, to be honest with you, how much information there was on the internet even ten years ago. Yeah, there's much more now, but. Uh, you know, so I looked up videos, and I tried a- a- any kind of packing method that, that they recommended, any kind of smoking, lighting method that they recommended. And little by little, as time went on, I, I developed, I guess, my, kind of my own way of, of packing and lighting a pipe. So uh-huh. it helped me get the basics down, at least.
0: Had you smoked anything before that?
2: No, I had not. Oh, that's not true. I was a cigarette smoker for a very long time, and I quit.
0: Ah, so you're like, ooh, that tobacco leaf. I can get back to it this way.
2: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, I just don't inhale. Yeah. I'm like, it's much cheaper than a pack of cigarettes.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, and and I guess by I guess ten years ago, there still might been a might have been a handful of decent uh, pipe and tobacco shops around the uh, around your area.
2: Uh, I I you know to be honest. I think there might have been, but I never really pursued the brick-and-mortar avenue because I didn't really know to ask. I, I did go online, and I saw a few places that were kind of local to me, and, and uh, I showed up there. But, I, you know, like, I didn't really know what I was looking for, and the person that was there wasn't very knowledgeable. They had new, wanted to buy a cigar, no problem. I wanted, wanted a little help with the, uh, the pipes that he had, which was minimal, and the tobacco, which was probably all pouched at that time. Couldn't, couldn't help me. He had yeah. nothing for me.
0: All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a very important question, and this is something that I ask of all the uh, people from New York, and, th- and, and, and be careful how you answer this. Are you ready? <laughs>
2: Uh-oh. Yes.
0: Yankees or Mets? Mets. Okay, good. You can stay on the show. All right,
2: all right. I'm glad, I'm glad I made the cut.
0: Yeah, all right. So, um, uh, I guess growing up in the New York area, what did you want to be when you grew up, and uh, what did you end up doing when you grew up?
2: Well, when I my father and my family was in where they were uh, un, all union union printers. Mm. That's that was the career. Um, my dad had a small business with his brother that I worked at when I was quite young, probably shouldn't have been around heavy equipment, but, uh, this is, uh, what, what we were doing, you know, this is what the family did. So that was the first trade I learned and I carried it all the way through. I, I went to college for a little while and I was like, this is not for me. So I never finished getting a college degree, but, uh, I wound up getting a job, um, with, with a printing company running business forms and then eventually moving on to, um, high end, uh, advertising pieces. And I worked my way up, up the uh, ladder there. And then eventually I got into uh, a front end office position and I left the, uh, the dirty work, so to speak, behind. And I got involved in sales and purchasing and, uh, and then COVID came along.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, um, how did you get involved in pipe making? What, what was, I mean, what, what was the thought? Your entire family's in the printing, in printing business, and now you want to go whittle at wood?
2: Um, basically what happened was, I'd been into smoking pipes for about, I guess, I'm going to say, three years at this point, and uh, my wife one day, I think it was for Valentine's Day, she surprised, she gave me a gift Surprise, it was a carve your own pipe kit. Uh oh. Uh huh. You know, pre drilled hobby blocks and yeah. stem. Came with the file, came with the saw, came with all sorts of stuff. And that was the beginning of the end for me with, with pipe making. I, I'm, I made, carved this pipe. It was, I thought at the time, the, the most magnificent thing in the world. It smoked. <laughs> I know, I was like, hey, this smokes. And, you know, I just became quite enamored with it for whatever reason. And uh, it just led me down a path of buying a few more hobby blocks with some stems, you know, then looking at some videos online um, of other pipe makers, you know, uh, and trying to look up tools that were necessary. So uh, I did a lot of research, if you will, before I even bought a, a piece of machinery. I was doing everything by hand. At the time, and never thought of selling anything or anything like that. I was just enjoying doing it. And the more um, I did it, and I got a little bit better each time, and then I decided, I told my wife, I was like, look, you know, I think I want to get some equipment and try and do this at a little higher of a a quality rate, so to speak. So she said, that's what you want to do. So, uh, you know, I was buying some equipment, and I, I was carving pipes by hand for, I guess, maybe like six or seven months before I decided to to really, you know, get involved with the equipment that, you know, your average pipe maker would use. And, uh, you know, and it just kind of spiraled out of control from there. You know, I, I got, then I got into, this, this, uh, you know, sketching and designing pipes and, and, you know, really, really delving into the... uh the ins and outs of it, you know, all the informational videos online, like you said, trying to, trying to absorb and, and get any, anything I could. And it just kind of took to it for whatever reason, and I haven't really, you know, the bug has not left me, so that's a good thing.
0: Now, I got, I got to ask, is your wife, is, is your wife Italian too? Because she seems awfully agreeable to whatever you want to try.
2: No, my wife is a first generation uh, P- a Polish American.
0: Ah, okay. So, because uh, I I know some of the Italian women from Long Island and from especially from Brooklyn, and they they tend to talk with the back of their hand first, and then wonder if you're crazy. Um,
2: no, you know, you know my my wife's very encouraging when it comes to creating things. She has no problem with that. She, you know, anything that's artistic or you want to create something, she's really quite you know, amenable to it. And I guess, you know, she says it's a good thing. That's, that's her opinion. And I'm not going to argue with it.
0: No. And it's important that she's supportive of it. Cause otherwise you'd be, you'd be having some fairly heated discussions about all this equipment that you want to keep buying for this little hobby. That's not making much money.
2: Exactly. And, and, you know, when you have a young child at home, uh, it does get time consuming and, you know, she, you know, there's a delicate balance between, you know, Spending the right amount of time with your family and, you know, just disappearing into a shop for, you know, four hours a night. And then on a Saturday, you know, all day, you know, she's been pretty understanding and and very supportive and very forgiving of (laughs) the time that could be spent maybe doing other things. So and she understands it. And and, and like I said, she's real supportive of it. So I appreciate it immensely from her. It's, uh, It's great
0: that's a perfect place for us to take a break when we come back we'll have more with rich so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute
3: for over 150 years peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers it's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth hi i'm glenn wheelan and for me peterson is a family tradition i've known since my childhood My dad, Tony Whelan Jr, worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Rich Roselli of Smith House Pipes, and yeah, uh, you know, I just wanted to highlight their, you know, these supportive wives that let us go off and <laughs> or let you go off and do this crazy hobby in your in your part time. But uh, uh, how long ago did you start actually selling pipes?
2: Um, this will be my fourth year.
0: Okay. So you you've been at it a while now. I was looking at the uh the Etsy shop is uh it's Etsy dot com backslash shop backslash smith house pipes, S M I T H house pipes, and it's also Smith House Pipes on Instagram and I saw that you had over three hundred and it looked like three hundred and fifty plus sales already. So I was like, Well, he's been doing something for a while on Etsy.
2: Yeah, the uh the pipe community has been uh, very supportive and very generous with, uh, with, with, with me. So I'm very, very appreciative of it.
0: So did you, did you go and work with another pipe maker or did you do all the learning from, uh, you know, from videos and trial and error and, uh, asking questions?
2: Uh, the latter, I did uh, not train officially under anybody, but um, I did reach out to quite a few uh, pipe makers and still do because the process is always ongoing as you learn. Um, but pretty much, I'm basically self-taught. Um, uh, and you know, as far as how to use equipment, like I guess I had no tutelage under under anybody in a one-on-one. But uh, a lot of people, I did ask a lot of questions and I got a lot of answers and a lot of responses from. From other pipe makers and they were all generous with their time and no none of them ever said Ah, eh, you know get away kid and you're bothering me or anything like that
0: <laughs> yeah. so uh
2: it's been been a ver- very accepting and it's been uh, you know quite a breath of fresh air
0: and, and it seems like you kind of lean towards uh lean towards the classic or somewhat traditional shapes and then a little bit of the danish style thrown in here and there
2: that is correct i'm, I'm enamored with the classic shapes i like them it's uh, the, if it's don't broke, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. So, um, plus I just love the classic lines and, and the look of them. And I do like the Danish shapes as well. So I try to put a little flair in there, um, to try and develop a bit of my own, uh, uh my own thing. So.
0: that That's interesting. So how do you, uh, I guess it's just from your eye when you're sitting there looking at a block thinking, well, I might do a billiard, but Ooh, I can do just a little twist here and make it, somewhat different
2: yeah you know i have like a standard stencil of shapes uh, uh you know that uh a stable of shapes that i like to work from i'll uh you know square up a block check out the grain see what might work what might not work where i can tweak here tweak there so um I try to make every pipe as individual as possible um, you know, sometimes when you, when you turn in a block, it might, you know, find a flaw here or something you don't like there and the shape may change a little bit. Um so it's kind of a play by ear type yeah. uh scenario. So basically I'll take what the block gives and, you know, try to stick to a form and an idea, but if, you know, things go a little sideways, I'll try to work around it.
0: So when you're look when you're looking at that block, are you looking at it Trying to find the shape that's in it, or are you looking at? A, or are you looking for a block that makes the shape that you want?
2: Um, it really depends on. Uh, um, uh, if I have a shape in mind that I want to, I want to make, I will hunt through my stash of briar and hopefully find the block that fits. But I'll, like I said, otherwise I'll, I'll square it up, you know, and and take a look at the grain and see what might work best, and and and, and go through my shapes and go, yep, this this block will fit this shape and uh, I'll take it from there.
0: Is there a, a traditional shape of a pipe that's giving you fits still that you're just not happy with what you're doing with it?
2: Well, you know, the billiard is always a work in progress to try and get it just right. So um, I still make sometimes bowl shape a billiard and look at it, you know, and, and, and go, no, no, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't going to work. And it winds up in uh, a box of pipes on the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and someday those might be finished and become Rich's own personal pipes.
2: Right. You know, um, a shop pipe here, shop pipe there. You know, maybe if I have a friend that's like, hey, Rich, I want to try a pipe. You know, I'll, I'll finish one up for him and say, here you go, use this. You know, for the most part, or maybe try new techniques with them, whether it's a new sandblasting or technique or a finishing technique, you know. So,
1: yeah do
0: you look around at, at other at what other pipe makers are doing and look for inspiration from them
2: absolutely yeah. always lift a little thing here and there some <laughs> people have great ideas you know you don't want to copy it and make it exact but if you see something you like uh you know a, a, a shank adornment a finish that you might like or a material that they're using if it, if it sparks my interest and you know, make, gets the creative juices flowing, sure. Yeah. I'll use it as inspiration.
0: Uh, now, how often are you smoking a pipe during the week?
2: Um, sometimes, if it's a particularly rough day at work, I'll have a, a, a pipe on the way home in the vehicle. Um, uh, but for the most part, I usually will have a little dinner down, you know, out, out of my b- back deck if it's warm enough out, and I'll have a pipe, so probably about a pipe, maybe two on a good night uh, if I can, but on the weekends um, I'm, I'm usually, especially if I'm in the shop, I'm usually have a pipe hanging out of my mouth through the course of the day. <laughs> so <laughs> puff,
0: puff, Puffing and shaping and puffing and sanding and puffing and sandblasting and puffing and polishing.
2: Yes, and getting smoke in my eye and going, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, did you kind of narrow down on what kind of tobaccos you like personally?
2: You know, I started out I think like almost every uh pipe smoker I would think um oh this is this is a flavored uh tobacco. This looks I'm going to try this. This is going to okay. taste great. And um then eventually I I got uh, you know and I was smoking aromatics basically. And then I met um uh, Jay Furman, and he was in the Long Island uh, Pipe Club. Yeah. And he saw me on Instagram and he was like, Hey, you, you're on Long Island? <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, you make pipes? Yeah. And he invited me to a meet and a bunch of other pipe smokers were there and they started saying, Try this, try this, try this. So I, then I went through the Latakia phase and then eventually I settled on straight Virginias and Virginia Pariks. And that's basically. Where I am right now, I do enjoy a good burley every now and then, but I'm basically a Virginia Virginia perique smoker.
0: <laughs> um, on pipe making, do you work by commission or you just uh, make it your make it and then you buy it?
2: Uh, I was doing some commission work, um, but I kind of strayed away from it lately. You know, uh, like I have some some things going on that I you know I can't I don't want to. Um, tell a potential customer, yes, I will do this for you in this time frame, and then not be able to deliver, or yes, I'll do this shape for you, and not have it meet, you know, their vision, so I, I was struggling with the balance of commissions as to just using my own creative uh, you know, uh, juices and turning out something and saying, here, this is what I've made today, if you like it, buy it, if you're interested, let me know, we can talk about it. So I, I kind of strayed away from commission work. Um, I might get back into it, but I'm in such I've been in such a, a, a zone lately with with making making pipes, just one right after the other, and the, and the creativity is flowing. So that's where I'm focusing all my energy right now. But hopefully, down the line, I'll get back to commission work.
0: So I think I've said it before, but I'll say it again. One of the things I like about part time or hobbyist pipe makers is. You know, when you get to make a pipe, that's a fun thing for you. It's not a, it's not, you know, you're 50 hours a week in the workshop and you know, you got to turn out pipes to pay the bills and stuff. But at the same time, you've also got a full-time job and a family. So your time constraints of getting in the workshop are, uh, you know, are fewer than a full-time pipe maker.
2: That's correct. Believe me. If I could turn this into a full-time job 'Cause it's such a great passion of mine and I really I truly I would. But uh as a, at right right at this moment it just isn't possible. So we'll see what happens down the line. If if it happens, great. But I, I am happy doing it like this. I do enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and your pipes start out around what, two hundred and fifty dollars?
2: Yep, yep, that's the average price. I you know, I wanna try and keep them affordable. For everybody that wants to have maybe an artisan pipe in their collection, that you know that you know that isn't too expensive, that's you know affordable for them, or if somebody's just starting out and they maybe want to try artisan pipes after they've been through their factories, or or you know or their or their estates and they want to try something that's they think that 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 they can afford. That that's really you know. Well, I'm trying. I'm aiming to uh, to make sure that uh, you know people have an opportunity to hopefully you know. Own a pipe that they can keep and hold on yeah. to and appreciate and and like and you know and enjoy, you know, an artist of 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 a unique nature.
0: And I can tell you, if you're living on Long Island and you want to become a full-time pipe maker, you're probably going to have to raise those prices a little bit. I'm just thinking out loud here.
2: Yeah, you're probably correct, or move. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, or or move to the mountains of uh, Kentucky. Um, yeah, somewhere like that. Uh I'm noticing in your uh in your gallery and the and the few pipes that you have available right now that you seem to like bamboo.
2: I do like bamboo. I like working with it. I find it to be a nice natural material. Um it doesn't have to be, I like it if it's not pretty. Yeah. Um you know, I like a rustic kind of aged look to it. So I know a lot of some certain pipe makers like, you know, that pristine, you know, white, high grade uh, piece of bamboo, but I don't mind it if it if it's beautiful and white great if it's uh you know gnarly and a little yellow, that's fine too. I just like the natural look and the way it fits with pipes, so I use it quite often
0: i I was admiring your use of it because you do have some you have some bamboo that's just kind of funky and natural and it just doesn't look artificial at all.
2: No, nope. I, I like to I like to keep the natural element in pipe making. You know, I, I think it I think it really adds to uh, the look of a piece.
0: Well, and also the bamboo will help you get more yield out of a block of briar because you don't have to worry about that length of shank. So it in in some ways it helps the pipe maker, although it makes making the pipe a little more process intense because you've got a you know, you've got extra cuts and extra things that you have to smooth together
2: yep it does it does. the mechanics of getting the bamboo to work right with the uh with the stummel, uh, you know it, it is a little more labor intense but you know that's okay labor intense is good I, I like the challenge of doing it so uh
0: do you sleeve the bamboo with anything
2: um not full it's not a full sleeve okay. um uh there is a, a small stainless steel tube in there to reinforce where the where the uh where the bamboo shank meets the uh, estomal, but it's not a full sleeve of bamboo, a full sleeve of stainless steel, excuse me.
0: So eventually over time, that bamboo may also change a little bit of color on you.
2: Yep, and uh, some people have a tendency to think that it cools the smoke a bit, Mm -hmm. I guess. So uh, there's that benefit to it too, even though I have not quite noticed it. But yes, you know, color and aging will definitely take place.
0: I, I... just the other day i had a discussion with a pipe maker who i have a couple of his pipes and he used some uh ivory caps on them and the ivory is kind of over the years is kind of cracked and stained a little bit and he said you know that looks kind of ugly and i said no it looks kind of beautiful leave it alone don't touch it
2: <laughs> yeah. i i agree i agree the, the more um you know when it comes out you know out of the ground or off the tree or from the fossil, those natural flaws. I think I think it's a nice thing. I like I like that look
0: personally. Yeah. Uh, besides the, uh, well, I guess besides pipe making and working full time and having a family, there's really not much other free time for uh, other hobbies, is there?
2: N- no, n- not 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 really. Um, th- this the, the pipe making is the hobby, and then the, you know doing things with the family. You know, getting to travel, hopefully, a little bit. And, you know, with the summer coming up, um, getting to do a few things, you know, maybe uh, head out off the island would be nice for a little while. But for the most part, um, there's not too much free time.
0: How many pipes a year do you think you're able to make?
2: That's a tough question. Um, I average uh, two to two and a half a week, depending, you know, I guess. 52 weeks in a year
0: yeah or 360 (laughs) divided by four the math (laughs)
2: eludes me (laughs) yeah
0: Uh, there is no math requirement in this show because if there was i wouldn't i wouldn't be hosting it so that'd be the end of that
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know but sometimes i do get some more in and sometimes i you know there's that odd week when you know you're just like i think i'm going to take a mental mental break from the shop and I'm, or I'll, I'll say, you know, I'm going to clean the shop this week and not make any pipes because it can get messy with briar dust and little bits of briar and, and other good <laughs> pieces of ebonite and stuff flying around all over the place. So I do take some time to myself. You can't, you don't want to get burned out.
0: Well, and that's gotta be kind of fun for you to get in there and clean the shop because then you're, as you're cleaning the shop, you're kind of cleaning your head and reorganizing things and rethinking things and just kind of enjoying your space
2: absolutely it's a sense of renewal is the way i look at it
0: yeah yeah all right rich so again it's uh it's smith house pipes on instagram and on etsy we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind are you ready uh sure what is your favorite pipe
2: my favorite pipe is I have a a, a Martello uh, Lovat that I smoke quite regularly.
0: And what is your favorite tobacco?
2: Uh, L.J. Paredes London Flake.
0: Which is that a? Does that have a little bit of Latakia in it?
2: No, it's a it's a Virginia Perique with a little bit of their house sauce on it, okay. which was what I don't know. The the tobaccos have this distinct kind of house topping, I guess. So
0: yeah. Well, A little bit of extra magic. Yes. Uh, What is your favorite drink?
2: My favorite drink, depending, I'm a seasonal drinker. I enjoy a good vodka martini in the summer, and in the winter I enjoy a good bourbon.
0: You know, martinis are my thing when we're going out for a fancy meal, because I always feel fancy when I drink a martini. (laughs)
2: Yep, a nice extra dry martini.
0: (laughs) When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? 110%
2: 110% all the way. There's always music on in the shop. There's always music on in the house. Um, uh, I, whether it's streaming um, uh, on a phone or if I use, a, I use the turntable or CD, um, there's always music going. That's my, that's my go-to relaxation.
0: And let me guess, you're a big, uh, you're a big hip-hop and uh, disco guy.
2: No, I am not. <laughs> I'm a big blues and progressive rock fan.
0: Uh, oh, okay, well, we'll talk afterwards. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking-related memory?
2: <sighs> Honestly, nothing that comes to top of mind, so maybe it just hasn't happened yet. Actually, you know what? let me let me retract that statement. Okay. I guess the first time I made a pipe that I smoked, and I actually I sat down and I enjoyed that I had made it, and that I was you know, and it was functional, and, I, and it was a good sense of, of self of uh, good sense of satis- self-satisfaction, that would probably be my, my best pipe smoking yeah. related memory to date.
0: Uh, and just aside, do you know what happened with your, uh, so your uncle had your grandfather's pipes? Do you, does he still have them? Do you know what happened to him?
2: He still has them. And I said, you know, you got to give them to me when you're ready to get rid of them. He said, absolutely. It's a seven day, it's a rack of seven pipes. That's it. That's all it is. No, I don't think there's anything special. I really haven't revisited them in in a long time. He since has kind of put them away, so I haven't even really seen them. So now that you bring it up, I might actually next time I see him, I'm gonna maybe take a little gander and see what he see what's there.
0: Rich, thank you very much for coming on and doing this, and uh, you know, keep having fun making pipes for me.
2: Uh, most certainly will. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the time.
0: And we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs>
4: Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through smokingpipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888 366 345 That's eight eight eight
5: three six six zero three four five this is internet radio
0: and we are back on the pipes magazine radio show and do make sure and check out everything that rich is doing because uh yeah i have a feeling if he goes full-time boy it's all over from there (laughs) yeah all over all right for music well guess what it's the fourth of july here in the united states and uh i found uh Bing Crosby doing God Bless America so that's what we get for the 4th of July
5: while the storm clouds gather far across the sea let us swear allegiance to a land that's free Let us all be grateful For a land so fair As we raise our voices In a solemn prayer God bless America Land that I love Stand beside her the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans white with foam, God bless America, my home. To the prairies To the oceans White with foam God bless America
0: course bing could sing just about anything and a happy canada day uh to to our canadian friends and i I just can't imagine this the first week of july is a rough week for the united kingdom you And remember, if you have a comment or question, email it directly to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com, just like uh, Dino and Casey Ghost do every week. And uh, this week, Dino says, uh, going back to last week's show, uh, he says, Chris posed an interesting question on balance that Jeff and you covered with a nice equilibrium of insights. Well done. The equilibrium of balance. Very good, Dino. Um, I enjoyed listening to Jason's backstory and found his uh, Washington behind the scenes stuff quite fascinating. His questions for you elicited some interesting answers, particularly your three nuns memory. Uh, Ben's music selection of Nobody Smokes Anymore was wonderful, clever, and funny. I loved it. Good rant, and I'm sure Rick Newcomb would agree. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Hey, you're welcome, Dino. And Casey Ghost says, as always, a great show. I don't normally enjoy the Ask the Pipe Maker segment, but this one was really good. It shows the value of asking a concise question, permitting the other party at least a reasonable chance of answering it. Uh, Jeff did a nice job of that. I guess we owe you something as you selected the question. (laughs) Uh, Why did you bring a Capitol Hill lobbyist on the show? Weren't there any used car salesmen available to invite? Crap on a cracker. At least the guy was entertaining. You know, politicians aren't smart enough to think of things by themselves. They need these guys to think for them. And they have only one thing in mind, more money in their pockets. Uh, the guy should lobby for tobacco availability, smoking facilities in every bar, the right of a cigar and pipe store owner to permit smoking in their facility, no blocking of internet sales of tobacco, etc. The list goes on. Uh, the music was fairly clever and the lyrics were charming. I can't remember the rant, but if Dino says Rick Newcomb went approve, then so do I. <laughs> Thanks, KC Ghost. Uh, and after listening back to the show last week, it kind of reminded me of, you know, how you can tell when a politician is lying. Uh, their lips are moving. Yeah. And then uh, one more. And this one comes in from Spike. Uh, it says, Brian, thanks for the great interview with Jason. I especially was intrigued by his background because a, I am from Chicago, although from the city, not the collar counties. B after 31 years living there, I married Mrs. Spike and soon thereafter moved to Washington DC area, but not as a lobbyist and C. my father attended Bradley university after world war two best to both of you, Spike. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Spike. Uh, and, uh, and remember that uh, if you have a guest suggestion, a question for Jeff Graysick, a uh, question for uh, the, an Ask the Blender with Jeremy Reeves, which we're going to record some more pretty soon here. Uh, if you have a music request, you can email those to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, Vegas Pipe Show questions, go on the website, check out all those things there. And uh, you'll start to see me floating around on YouTube as well. So if you are a YouTuber and you want me to come on your YouTube channel to talk about pipe shows, pipe smoking, and uh, pipe podcasting or whatever, uh, just reach out to me. I'm happy to do it. Doesn't matter what size your channel is. I'll sit on Zoom with you or on uh, whatever media you want, and we can uh, can do that face-to-face on the camera, and you'll see why... I like to do an audio show and an audio show only. So just reach out to me, uh, social media spaces at the, uh, Las Vegas international pipe show are starting to get kind of filled up. So if you've got that, just let me know. All right. Rant time coming up next.
1: Since its beginnings in 1876, seven has become more than just a pipe factory it's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors, to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com.
0: Fourth of July is one of those days when I, uh, you know, I really miss my my time back at Disneyland and, you know, can't go back in time, but I really do miss it. And one of the reasons why I miss it is because the Disney fireworks, even back when I was there in the late 80s, were so much better than what you find in, uh, you know, most local towns and parks and stuff like that, and even baseball stadiums and places like that. The fireworks are just great. But even the local, even the wonderful Disney fireworks would occasionally misfire, have a problem, and there would be a small fire or something would happen. And, you know, we'd have to evacuate an area of the park and put out the fire. I say all this to mention that uh, the minute 20 something years ago when we moved here to the south, uh, I realized that the 4th of July here is a four or five day celebration of local yahoo's trying to blow up everything possible and make it as loud as possible and i just every time i see it i just cringe and just hope that nobody gets hurt uh but here we are the evening of the fourth of july and i'm sure the fireworks will start here oh you know right at sundown and go on all the way until 11 o'clock 12 o'clock at night and uh You know, thankfully I never served in the military, thankfully for me, and thankfully for whatever military there is that I would have served in. But uh, this is the best I can imagine what it's like being in a war zone because those booms just go on all night long and we've already had them for three, four nights. So uh, my, you know, I miss the Disney days. I wish everybody to be safe out there with their own home fireworks. Uh, You know, if you get a chance to go to some local display put on professionally, go do that. That's great, but it's still quite not those fireworks that we used to see at Disneyland and then would see at Disney World occasionally, just perfectly timed, so uh, just don't get yourself hurt, okay? Uh, Sit down, smoke your pipe, and watch the little embers pop out of that, and that's, that's the kind of excitement that I look forward to on a 4th of July evening now, so there you go all right remember jdrf auction items are starting the tobaccos will be on sale on uh, steve fallon's pipe stud we- pipe stud website pipestud.com on uh, july 15th at 11 a.m eastern time and then the auction items will also list on ebay there and i'll give you plenty of reminders so do reach out to all that Thank you very much again to everyone who donated something. It's, it's a pretty good batch this year with a few pieces that I'm really interested in. Uh, especially thank you to the pipe makers that donate their time. Really appreciated. Uh, thank you to Rich for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in and until next time. Ah, boom, my eye.